0: Okay, so, I just had another vision, and I felt like this vision was another one of those, like, set-up visions. Like I said before, when I sleep, when I go to sleep, I'm still not sleeping. And I remember finding this video, coming across this video a few weeks ago. I knew it was a witch who had renounced Satan and accepted Jesus as, you know, their Lord and Savior reason why I say there is because I don't know if this witch was a woman and if it's a male witch, what do you call a male witch, a wizard, a warlock? I don't know, but they said witch. But the reason why I couldn't tell whether it was a man or a woman is because this witch said that, you know, they would shapeshift, turn into different, you know, men and different women, which left me, you know, questioning what, you know, what they started as. Especially being that if it was a woman, you know, this witch said, I transformed into a attractive woman. And then also said, I transformed into a, you know, attractive young man. So it's like, you know, it's the attractive part, the focal point or the main thing that's more, you know, specific or, you know, Which one was this witch starting off as a male or a woman? So I would say maybe a woman, but there's really no telling. Regardless, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this witch said something about in the spirit realm, no one ever sleeps. Like you never sleep. This is is just like sort of like what I have been dealing with. I never get a chance to sleep, and then another thing that I realized, or another thing she said that uh, I recognized was she said that, or the witch said that when they would cause accidents to get their power back because they you know failed at other missions. Um, the witch caused some sort of accident on a train. And a bunch of people died that day. And the only people who didn't die was the people who had prayed to God and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Everybody else who were pretty much idle or, you know, believing in some other religion had died that day. And she took them home in her bag. She took their souls home in her bag. That was so crazy to me because I felt to myself, you know... That sounds weird, but how do you take somebody's take somebody home in your bag? But regardless of anything, you know she. How do you shapeshift? How do you do these other things that you're doing? She's doing them, so or the witch is doing them. I, let me stop saying she. I don't know if it's a she. It could be a he. The witch is doing all these different things. You know. The witch said, uh when she, when when this witch took the you know different souls home." in her bag they were in the corner of they were in the corner of the witch's room and the witch said that you know they would talk these souls were talking to each other like what's going on I don't know I was just on a train and now like I don't know what's going on like what are you doing here move around move and like they don't even have space in her bag and it's funny it's like it's not funny but it's like at the same time it's like of course you don't have space in a book bag but like for them as souls to really realize they don't have space in a book bag it's so weird to me so like just the fact that, you know, the bag was in the corner of her room and she heard them talking, not knowing what was going on. And it's like this conversation of like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. and Stuff like that. Like, that was so weird to me because I recognized that. I recognized that because that's also something I've been going through or have, you know, experienced. Like, for example, I would hear different voices. Sound like my family, sound like different people. And they're all just, you know... Conversating, like it feels like they know a little more about what's going on now, but they still don't really know what's going on. And in the beginning of everything, it really felt like nobody really knew what was going on clearly, besides this witch. Because I would hear, you know, in the background of everything, just a little snickering and the laughing and the you know, just the, the scheming. I would hear them, like, how they were plotting and planning. And they got to the point where they didn't even care if I knew what they were doing. Because they knew that, you know, everybody else thought it was me. And they were hiding behind me. And everybody nobody else could see them. And they got to the point where they knew that everybody else wouldn't believe me anyway. So, they didn't even care when I st- They got to the point they didn't even care I started hearing their plans. And like I'm hearing bits and pieces of them. But I'm putting them together. But yet still, you know, this type of stuff, it's like it doesn't matter what you know or what you have known or how much you hear. It's kind of hard to put this kind of stuff together because if you ever heard a conversation going back and forth and would you ever guess you were in somebody's book bag or somebody's room after they sacrifice you on a random train, a random witch that you've never known. And, you know, they're about to take you to hell in order for for payment, you know, to Satan for their power and their level would you would you be able to guess that so it's like these kind of things like it's like you can put certain things together but it doesn't matter how much you hear none of it makes sense and the stuff that I was hearing it's like none of this stuff makes sense none of it like at this point i question everything in life because if people are able to do things like this then you know n- You know, the easy, the simple answer is anything is possible with God. And, you know, anything is possible. But I wouldn't say anything is possible with Satan, but a lot of things are that you don't even, you're not even aware that are possible, that that is possible. Because if anything was possible with Satan, then the same witch that I was dealing with, not the witch from the story, wouldn't have needed God. If anything is possible, why did you need God? Anything is possible means you can do it without him. That's possible, right? I said anything and that wasn't. So, you know, you can't say anything is possible over there, but you can say anything is possible with God because anything is possible with God. And that's the difference between Satan and God. See, the difference is with God, anything is possible, period. Simply put, you can't. It's not a lie. Don't you know when people say never, say never? You can say never with God. And if it's never, it's never. You What you see, not even what you see. God is the end all, be all. God is the alpha and the omega. God is everything. So, you know, for... You can say something about God and you, can, you will never have to take that back. If God said it's true, it's true. If God said that's what it is, that's what it is. You'll never have to take it back. But with Satan, you know, it doesn't matter how much confidence you have in him. That doesn't mean it's going to be true. It doesn't matter how much confidence you have in what you're capable of. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to take that back. And it's a m that this this witch story stood out to me, I think, a little more. Because this witch, like, pretty much just spill just told everything. Even though, you know, every witch's journey is different. This witch's journey was pretty, you know, similar to a lot I've heard and a lot I've experienced and a lot I've seen lately. Not from, you know, just from seeing where, you know, where I'm at and fighting them and the different things that they do. I realized like this witch is not lying and that stuff is really going on and actually this witch put a few pieces together for me. So you know, this witch also mentioned how, you know, you know they she hex things, they hex things, this witch hex things and then, you know, weren't able to Oh, one thing that really specifically stood out to me before, you know, because I just forgot what I was actually going to say. But they, but really quick, the witches hex things that they give to people. Or if you give them anything, if they ask you for a dollar, a quarter, a dime, a penny, and you give them something, they could have hexed that exchange. They can hex you from that exchange. They can take your money, you know, and, you know, pray to a satanic altar. And put something on you just because you gave them something. You have to be careful what you give. And I used to always say that. I used to always talk to God and say, God, I know you want me to be generous, especially when people come and they are really in need. And it doesn't matter that, you know, I don't really have much to give either way. I know that you want me to give what I can, but I would always feel a tug in my spirit like don't give it so what it doesn't matter but on the other end this person would be like please i really need it i'm starving i don't have anything you know so on and so forth and it would you would like based off of how this person is acting and how this person is appearing you would never you know you don't want to you don't want to be critical or judgmental or you know suspect that that is what's going on but something in your spirit is like don't trust them. Don't give them anything. But what you see is somebody who's starving, who's desolate, and who's in need. And if you are always that critical, you probably never help anybody. A lot of times, I don't want to say never, but a lot of times you probably won't be helping most, a lot of people. And that's probably true. That's probably the most accurate because a lot of people are involved. It's a lot of people who who, who deal with this stuff, who got this kind of stuff going on in their life, who are doing this kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's scary. It's really scary because, you know, how do you be a good Christian? How, How can you be a good Christian in a world like this? So, the fact that the witch said that, you know... There was a pastor who moved into their building and Satan told them, this witch, that, you know, they had to get this pastor to either join, you know, um, witchcraft, join masonry, you know, join, you know, the satanic club, whatever you call it, I don't know, you know, join that or kill him. So. The pastor came, you know, everybody in the building came to buy peanuts, but the whole building, they had already taken over. Everybody in that building had already, was already, you know, in on it. So the pastor came and would buy peanuts from them. And nobody else's peanuts would be hexed. But the pastor's peanuts was hexed because they was on a mission to get this pastor because this pastor moved into that building. What wound up happening is, you know, they hexed the peanuts every time the pastor came and bought, bought peanuts. It will cause different things to go wrong in, in this pastor's life. This pastor didn't even know it was the peanuts. Now, imagine you going throughout your day, going throughout your life, and you're just living your life, right, for God. And it's like in your... you. Something's going wrong. Every single day something is going wrong and your life is being torn apart. Just to find out it's the peanuts that you eat. Just to find out it was a bag of chips you had ate, you had bought from the store. Just to find out it was an ice cream sandwich that you bought from the ice cream truck. This is self-conniving. Think about it on an everyday basis. Think about it on a you know... everyday regular basis if you have to be that critical about every single thing that you do I mean why not criticize the air that you breathe is it the air I'm breathing right now and that's not to be you know sarcastic towards God because what I was going to get to is the fact that you know even though these witches love to definitely affect me like, they love to try and get some type of, you know, pull some type of reaction out of me. That's where they get their power from. When they're able to affect me like that. When they're able to get a rise out of me. The one thing that I've noticed is that regardless of anything that it is that they say or do. Anything that is they say that they're doing. God is in, in control. And... They can't like all this stuff that they say that they're affecting all this, all these things they say that they're doing, that they're able to be in control of. And it's because I'm doing this and it's because I'm doing that. You know, they to them is true. But it's not ever going to really stop what God's what God's plan on my life. I know that for a fact now, because the entire year they will talk about all the stuff they was doing, all these different plans they had in order and everything that they was getting away with and everything that they were getting power from and they were so arrogant. Every single day so prideful, so arrogant. Talking about how, you know, I I can't be beat. Who who's going to do anything to me? You know, um just boasting, very boastful about just perishable things. Definitely perishable things. But when it came down to it, everything they said was going to happen. We saw that when it got closer to what God was said was going to happen, when he said it was going to happen, they started to lose confidence in that. But on the other end with me, the closer it got to what God said was going to happen, the more confidence I gained. The more confidence I receive. Matter of fact, I never lost confidence in him. Not once. And so in that process, you see the difference between the sides. On Satan's side, you know, you're constantly losing your confidence. You know, things are, you know, wavering. Things are unsure. Things are, you know oftentimes not falling through for you, oftentimes failing you, oftentimes you're left on your own to fend for yourself. But on God's side, he never does that. He never leaves you alone to fend for yourself. Anything he says is going to happen is going to happen. He's never made a promise and broken it. He only tells the truth. You can have confidence in him and never have to take that back. Now, I see all that to say, you know, I, I learned a lot from these, this witch's testimony. I learned a lot from this witch's testimony compared to my testimony and um, other testimonies, too, because I believe there was two testimonies I talked about in this one. It was a testimony of a witch who was still staying with their parent who didn't know. And then there was a witch who was staying in a a whole entire neighborhood and the apartment building I knew for sure everyone in it was was involved so this vision so in this vision all I know is I'm waking up in this house and this house is not like This house is not, you know, the house I live in now, but it's just a little similar to the house I live in now. I'm waking up in this house in the spirit realm and it looks like my room a little bit, but it's not my room. I'm made aware my mother is there in the house and, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, girls. It's a bunch of girls, like, I don't know, like around my age, maybe like 20 something teenagers um just really young and they all run in our house and they're about to rob our house they have a shotgun the 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 main one has a shotgun she runs in the house you know snatches me up out of my sleep. get up get up show me where everything's at the main thing I'm thinking is we don't have nothing here for you to take we don't have no money or nothing like that like you know we do have things, but, like, I didn't think, like, it was really anything they was going to take, you know, carry out, you know. I, I assumed they were looking for cash. So, um, I was like, we don't have things. And it wasn't even, like, a baggy thing. It was just more of a, like, what are you doing here? Like, what is this? And then, you know, they were like, I don't care. What do you got? You got an iPad. You got cell phones. We want all that. Tell, take it, Take me to it. all this other stuff. Then I get this word, like you know, they put their hands on your mother. They put their hands on your mother, and like they're just trying to provoke me. It's so weird these visions I like get it, because it's like they're trying to peg me. They're really trying to get some sort of outlook or prove something to themselves about my character, and it's so frustrating because it's like it's weird. Like it's so it's like it's so weird because it's like I don't. Once you, I don't want to prove anything to you about who I am. I don't want to be a part of nothing that you're doing. So if you're trying to get some sort of outlook on who I am, because somehow you're trying to prove to yourself, I can, you know, hang with you. Like, I don't want to hang with you. Keep that to yourself. Take that somewhere else. And I don't care what you think. You're not winning. Like, what do you think? And your confidence is frustrating because, how, do you, how are you so confident in what's going on when you know what's going on? How are you still so confident when you see what's really going on? And it's like, I'm sure that, you know, it's a lot of things I'm not aware of that you got going on over there. But how can you be so stupid? Like, how? just how can you be so foolish? Like, I, one thing I notice about people on Satan's side, like, they they neglect the obvious part that Satan eventually goes into the pit. And anybody with him or on his side is going with him. That's what's going to happen. So where is your confidence coming from? When the Bible says that's, that's, where, he, that's where he ends. That's how he ends. Even Satan knows that. You can't tell me that Satan don't know that too. Because he's delaying that every day. And if you sit up here and say to my face, the say is not worried about that, that's probably not going to happen. Either you're stupid enough to believe that lie or you're a liar like your father, Satan. Satan knows the Bible is true and everything in it. What he does all day is try and find ways around it. He counts on your ignorance and not knowing it, not knowing what's in it and not knowing the laws. He knows the Bible from the front to the back. Why would Satan need to know that if it's not true? But you believe in the lies that somehow you're winning. Satan ain't never won nothing. But like I said, you know, a lot of times they're either believing the lies. And then another side of that is just being, I talked about in the previous episode, just being okay with, with whatever you're getting. Being on that side, just being okay with whatever you're getting because for some reason, whatever it is God was offering for you wasn't enough for you. Because I think that people on that side, they have a desire to want to be their own God. And so whatever I can get out of that is good for me because at least I'm my own God. And you're still not because you're reporting to Satan. So isn't he your God? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like, it's a lot of things that don't make sense to me. How do you get over to that side? You know, on the basis that you get to make your own decisions and you get to rule your own life just to have Satan rule that. And you don't ever put it together like, you know, well, if I wanted somebody to rule my life, why not let God do it? I think it's more of a. You get addicted to the selfishness that goes along with that. Because with being with God, he requires a certain level of selflessness. And you don't want to be selfless. You want to be selfish. So I think it has a lot to do with that. But not even that is enough to keep somebody on that side. When they don't have ulterior motives, they don't have other reasons. So, you know, and another thing is. I guess, you know, an argument would be, well, I get power over here or I have a certain amount, a certain amount or a certain level of power over here. And the the weirdest, craziest thing about it to me is, you know, the power that you give, this power that you have is not even your power to have and not your power to keep because he put a demon on you. In order to make you, in order so you could be monitored with that power, you don't even get to have that power on your own accord. He doesn't even trust you to carry that power alone by yourself. He puts a demon on each and every single last person who he gives power so that they can watch you. Satan is like a loan shark. I'll give you this money, I'll give you this power, but you're going to have to, you know, take this with you. You're gonna to have to report back to this, report back to that. And he the the second he gives you any amount of power, he pairs you with a demon. A demon that's specifically there to watch and monitor you and make sure you're doing what he sent you to do. So, how are you your own God? You can't even use it most of the things for yourself, you can't even use most of the things. Well, you can use it for yourself, it's self for selfish things, but you can't even use most of these things for whatever it is you want. Now, they lie to themselves and they convince themselves, I can spend this on whatever I want as long as what you want is what he wants. And you know that. Now you can say it's the same thing with God. The difference is I know that. So another thing, you know, in this vision, when they come in the house and then, you know, they are robbing the house and like they're they're fighting me, pushing me around, etc. And I'm about to fight them for real because I can feel this stuff like wait. In the vision I can still feel like the hits being tossed around, etc. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, if they're fighting me. Fight back. If this is our last day on earth, fight them like it is. You know, what's the point of sitting up here and, you know, being timid and letting you push me around, toss me around, if you're going to kill me anyways? Because that's what the kind of like the, the, the energy was. That's kind of like what the vibe was. But as soon as I was about to start fighting them for real, they were like, okay, no, 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 no. Just take the gun or like they're trying to. Direct this vision like it's a movie for a second I was just like why would I take a gun why would I even touch a loaded gun you know the only way I would touch a loaded gun is if I really felt like you know not I wouldn't even say the only way I would touch a loaded gun is if I really felt like I would win because I don't know what I would really do in certain situations but I just know you know if this person know how to handle a, a, a shotgun this person know how to handle this gun if this person know you know this person has done this before many different times. I'm not about to grab this gun because I'll just die trying to grab it. But they wanted for me to to take the gun. They kept trying to, you know, they kept trying to encourage me to take the gun. And another thing that I noticed about Inovision is that they were like, It was pauses in between what they were doing. A real robbery, everything happened so fast. Everybody's doing everything. Nobody's standing. I don't want to say nobody's standing around. Sometimes people stand around. But they were standing around waiting for my reaction. Who's about to do that in a real robbery? Who's waiting for my reaction? Like, it was just so set up and so weird. And it was so so obvious that way. But all I know is I wound up taking the gun. And when I took the gun... It's like they were even directing the fight with the gun. Like, you know, I was tugging on the gun. They're like, no, make it feel like, you know, make it feel like she could actually get shot in her head. No, make, no, don't let her actually get shot in her head. Make her feel like she won. And, like, they're directing the vision. And it's so weird because it's like, okay, I don't care about nothing is y'all feel like y'all doing. Like, if y'all, like, what is y'all doing this for? Are y'all doing this to try and make me feel good or try and make me feel some type of way so I want these kind of visions? So that I want these kind of visions that continue so that when I wake up, I don't keep fighting you? Because you know, when I wake up, I'm going to keep fighting you. And how am I fighting them? Praying. I'm going to keep praying you away. I'm going to keep praying against you. I'm going to keep praying to God not praying against you because i don't even want to say i'm praying against anybody but it just turns out that i am it turns out i'm praying against them because they're against god and my prayers to god is like they feel like i'm praying against them or that's what it turns out to be i guess just like they are constantly pursuing and fighting me they're against god they're you're they are fighting against me you know and everything that they do i guess my prayers to god and for better in this world and when i pray for people it's praying against them So that's what they told me. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I realized, like, you know, these visions, you know, for whatever reason that they're doing these visions for, for whatever reason that they are, you know, actually, what do you call it? I don't even know. Manifesting these visions or setting these visions up for whatever reason that they are stalking me every single day that I wake up, go to sleep, living on this earth, period. For whatever reason they're doing that, it don't make a difference. Because the fact that they're even here at all is everything God said it was going to be. So that means that if God said you were going to show up and now you're here. What does that mean? That means everything else he said is true too. You know what else he said? He said, it's curtains for you. He said, no more. He said, you're gone. You're out of here. By the end of this, you are going to cease to exist. All this is going to be over with. He's using me as a vessel for that. Clearly, you know that because you showed up. If that weren't true, you'd be at somebody else's doorstep. You'd be watching somebody else all day. But you're watching me and you're bothering me and you're, you know, disturbing my life. And that's exactly what he said you were going to do. Like I said, when God says something, when God actually prophesies something, you don't have to doubt for a second that's what's going to happen. When Satan says it, you might as well... Yeah, see the doubt. That's that's all you're, you know, it's going to be. It's, there's no. That's not for sure. Like I've seen Satan predict certain things and they actually come to come to be. But I feel like the only things that actually come to be when it comes to God's you know, to a child of God is the things that are meant to happen, that God wanted to happen in order for. This person, his child, their journey, in order for their journey, that's the only reason. Other than that, none of that is happening. Because I could have sworn they told me they was going to kill me by now. They told me they was going to kill me every day last year and this year. I'm still here. I wish I could, you know, really quote a bunch of different things that they said was going to happen that never happened. But they was lying all day like I would be doing that all day. Like, it's, it's, listen, like, whatever it is. Oh, they said they were going to steal my body by now. They said that they were going to give me to sell my soul to the devil. They said that they were going to do a lot of things. That they're, you know, it's turning out they're not able to actually pull through on. And, you know, their ill-fitted confidence. The ill-fitted confidence is what gets me every time. I don't want to sound, you know... Like, I am who I'm preaching against. I don't want to sound like I'm doing what I'm, te- what I'm saying. Like, what they're doing is not right. But like I just said, God, he wants you to boast about him. It's in the Bible. If you are going to boast, only boast about our, Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only time you boast. And that's what I'm boasting about. That's what I'm boasting about. It's not about me. It's about God, what he's doing through me and how you are just everything he said you were going to be. You're doing everything he said you were going to do. That's not a compliment. And regardless of anything, though, you know what do you do like it didn't matter you know from the jump where they realized that i realized that from the jump and they still kept going so it's not that it's not like me saying that is going to keep them from doing whatever it is that they're doing it's just that you know i don't get it i just simply don't get it i don't know you know when you know your all your efforts are going to be for nothing when you know all your efforts are going to fail you then, why not put that effort towards something that will work out? Why not switch it up not Why not change you know and start you know placing our power and your effort into the hands of somebody who will never fail you into the hands of God, where you can be confident and everything that it is that he says he's going to do is going to come it's going to come too. I remember God said it was like there was this whole ordeal where I was being like just oppressed. By this demon, by this witch. And I was just like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And God is just like having a conversation with this witch. Because remember, Jesus deals with people. We have power over demons, we have authority over demons. So this person, God said to them, you know, just. Finally, it was just heart-to-heart, just turn away, just stop, you know. And this is almost like, you know, I don't know how many months, but I feel like almost a year into it. God is like, just turn around, okay? Just stop, just give up, just come to me and just let it go. And finally, this person just a little bit, you know, was, was just a little bit receptive. Any other time, this person was like, you know, F you or... I don't care what you're talking about or, um, no, I don't want you. I'm doing what I want to do, you know, for whatever reason. And this time this person was just a little receptive. And this person said, Jesus had finally got to start getting to this person. And this person said, you know, I'll die. I'll die if I... I'll die. No, no, no. I think, no, no, no. That's not what this person started off with. Excuse me. This person said, you know, I don't, you know, I think this person, they, they were having a conversation. This person, I can't remember quite what this person was saying, but I know this person said something pertaining to, I don't want to have to, you know, give this up. Give this demon up. I don't want to let it go. Or the person also said, because they do bond with their demons, but this person also said something like, um, I can't just like this is blood in, blood out. I can't just do that. They'll kill me. Something like that. Jesus said, Well, it's gonna happen anyways. Jesus said. I'm telling you right now, and I'm telling you the truth. This is how this ends. Pretty much, you're going to have to part with it, anyways. You're going to, you know, it's not going to work out how you think it's going to work out. So, pretty much, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. That's what Jesus said. In the midst of everything, all I can feel is just a bunch of pressure on me, a bunch of hatred, a bunch of evil. And then I heard a person crying. And then a person says, I'll die. I'll die. And Jesus said, no, it's okay. You're not going to die. Because pretty much Jesus broke it down and just said, listen, this is what's going to happen to you anyway. You can keep going. Okay, keep going. I'd rather you stop now. But regardless, this is what you need to understand is this is how it's ending. You lose. You end up losing. That's how it go. And he didn't say lose. But he pretty much just said, you know, it's not working out how you think it's going to work out. So, to them, that's a loss. And they, and then I remember the person just said, like, I want to die. I'm going to die because they realized it was true. They finally realized it was true. And I guess that, you know, it's kind of like The Exorcist. If you ever seen that movie, when you try and separate them from their demon... And they die with it. And so the person was like, that's what's going to happen. Because I'm too deep into this, I guess. I think it's a blood covenant with the devil. And that's when you sell your soul. I'm, don't quote me. I don't know for sure. I don't know how it works. Like, you know, if I'm wrong, then good. That just proves I don't know. You know, I'm not into that stuff. I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm learning as I go because I'm actually having to fight this kind of stuff. So if I'm wrong, that you know, that's all the proof you need. But regardless of anything, not that you need it though. But regardless of anything though, all I know is this person said, I'm gonna die, I don't wanna die. And Jesus is like, no, 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 it's okay. You're not gonna die. I'm gonna make sure you don't die. You know, so that's when God pretty much made sure that this person knew that you're gonna come out of this alive, even though you're not going to win. Another thing that I realized is that, you know, this witch from the story, going back to that again, the witch from the story spoke about how, you know, how Satan, when he wants to get rid of you, he gives you a mission or he places you on a mission that he knows you'll lose. He knows you're going to lose. He knows what's going to happen because he's, direct, he's reporting directly to God. He, yeah, and a lot of times he's in God's face laughing. A lot of times he's in God's face lying. A lot of times he's in God's face with ill-fitted confidence. But that's just, you know, to get to God. He's hoping he can get to God by doing that. In reality, he knows what God says is true. He knows that. So he already knows what's going to happen with the situation when he sends you on the mission. And the Satanist said, well, not Satanist, but the witch said, a lot of times Satan will send a witch or a member of this Satanic culture, whatever you call it, on a mission that they know will take them out when when he's ready to get rid of Satanist. When he's trying to get rid of you. So imagine it. Imagine him sending you on a suicide mission. And this is what you're fighting so hard for. You need to take that out. Because at least Jesus cares. That's what I'm saying. You may go through a lot of things on the side with Jesus. You may go through a lot of issues. You may have to fight a lot. You may suffer. You may, you. may A lot of times you may feel like, what's the point of even being on the side if I can be over here with this, you know, whatever it is that he's offering. And, not, you know, I'm, you're dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. you just not getting this out of it. Listen, you want to know what's worth it? You want to know what's what's the point? The point is Jesus care about you and Satan don't. The point is Jesus love you and Satan hates you. The point is Jesus trying to save you and Satan is trying to drag you down to hell. That's the point. And yes, it's worth it. That difference is worth it. Now, you know, I feel like after analyzing everything... You know, I don't really know how you feel over there. I feel like you feel like you know a little more than anything that I know or will be capable of comprehending whatever regardless of anything. Whatever you feel like you got out of it, you got you got it out. You got that out of it now. Save your life. You did that. Okay, you went over there so you can have some power. You went over there so you can have some fame. You went over there so you can have some money. You went over there so you could, you know, be a little selfish, be a little evil, be a little wicked. Whatever, experience whatever it is over there. You did that. Save your life. You want to die over there? Because is that what you went over there? Because if that's how you expected your story to end, well then I guess you're, you're in the right place. But if you actually plan on getting out alive, don't lie to yourself and tell yourself that's what's going to happen over there. Because Satan don't care about you. So, take that out. Take the opportunity. You know the funny thing about it is, you know, it's a lot of people in hell. How many people you think had that same ill-fitted confidence you have? How many people you think was, you know, telling themselves, "Oh, I got this," or "I'ma get out of this," or "I'm I'm good enough," and they ended up in the exact spot Jesus told them it was gonna be in. Now, how many people weren't even offered an out? How many people weren't even offered an opportunity for Jesus to save them? Now, it's amazing because God gave me the opportunity to talk to some of the people in hell. You know what they said? At least you're getting out. At least you're getting out. No matter how bad it is. no No matter what you've gone through or what you're going through. At least you're alive, and at least you're getting out. Trust me. It's worth it. No matter what you got to go through, it's worth it. If you end up paralyzed, it's worth it. If you end up hurt for the rest of your life, it's worth it. Whatever it is that you got to go through for the rest of your life, it's worth it. It's worth it's worth that over being in hell. Trust me. That's what they said. You might say, I don't know if you was Nah, you you probably weren't really talking to no real people in hell, whatever. Yeah, I was. Sadly. And sadly, I can hear them, you know, I can hear their torments. Daily. Not even daily, I won't lie. But just a lot of, like, um, a lot of days, I can hear their torments in the background when I pray. I can hear them screaming out in agonizing pain. Sometimes even my own family members. That's really sad to hear. But... You know, when it comes down to it, the fact of the matter is everybody's given that same opportunity and chance that I'm given. I took that opportunity and I took that chance. Am I supposed to feel bad for you? Another thing about it is like, I feel like as a Christian, I'm supposed to, but I'm learning that, you know, just because you're a Christian don't mean a lot of other things that's associated with being a Christian. Like, I don't know, pity for people like that. You're not supposed to feel bad for them. They had the same option that you had. This had the same opportunity you had. Don't feel bad for them. That goes right back to when you feel so bad that you give your money to somebody and they go and put witchcraft on your money. But the Holy Spirit told you it don't matter if they starving in a week. Don't give them your money. Now, as a Christian, I felt, you know, I felt compelled to help such and such. But as a Christian, you had that word, as a Christian, you had that warning from the Holy Spirit. Christianity ain't always what everybody trying to make it out to look like. See, the devil is a liar. He's counting on your ignorance. The more you don't know, the more he gets away with. So when you do feel that tug in your spirit, just listen. Even if it sounds like I don't know. I feel like I'm be selfish or I feel like I'll be doing the devil's work if I do this. Like, I don't want to be critical. Christians aren't supposed to be judgmental or, you know, I want to, you know, be nice. Christians are supposed to be nice. Christians are supposed to, you know, put themselves in other people's shoes. Listen, you know, you know, don't you don't have to do more. You don't have to do more than what you're compelled to do. I mean, if you do. God loves you anyways. He's going to protect you no matter what. That's one thing you need to know. So you don't... Overall, you chose God. You don't have to worry about it. But... Excuse me. If that's the case, you don't have to do anything ever again in life. The point of you trying... The point of you making efforts... Towards making the right decision... Has a lot to do with avoiding as much as you possibly can. And if that be the case... That means, you know, listen to that tug in your spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit when they talk. Now, I want to be clear. In my journey, I realized that a lot of different things I've been getting that tug in my spirit about. You know, if I would have done it, I'm sure a lot of different things could have been avoided. I do believe that. I do agree that a lot of different things could have been avoided if I had just listened to that tug in my spirit. But... I also realized that everything that's meant to happen, happens. So avoid as much as you can, do as much as you can. But overall, these are minuscule details. And I remember hearing from somebody wise in the spirit, you know, somebody that God had made wise in the spirit. I said, so can the prophecy be changed? So the prophecy can be changed after I realize something. There's a prophecy on my life. I'm living. I said, so the prophecy can be changed. And this person said, small things. And the thing that was being changed was I felt such a big thing at the time. So, one thing we need to realize is that some of the things that we think are so important, some of the things that we think are so massive and so great and take up so much of our lives are minuscule things to God. Have you ever gotten that word from God? Where it's like you're praying about all this stuff and you think it's so important. You think it's priority. You're praying, praying, praying and bugging God about it. Pressing on to God about something. And God is like, you don't know what it is I'm protecting you from. You don't know what I've already done. You don't know all that I'm doing that you don't even see. Have you ever gotten that word? That's what I mean. These things that we think are so big are minuscule. God's protecting your life. He's protecting your future and your destiny that Satan's trying to steal from you. He's protecting your kingdom that God has for you. He's protecting your name in the book of life. That God is, you know, preparing for you. So we we think... We think so much of this, these temporary things. We think so much of our life here. And the funny thing about it is your life here is the shortest time you ever spend anywhere. You'll be here 80 years, 120 maybe. And you'll be in wherever else you're going for eternity. So take it from the people from hell when they said, at least you're getting out. At least you still have your life. Which means an opportunity to get out. Take that opportunity and take that out and don't count on, you know, I could, I'll i do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, don't put so much on to that because one thing about God is he knows your heart. If he knows that, you know, you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to do everything I want to do right now. And then I'll have enough time to clean it up right before, you know, it's time for me to report back to God. The one thing you need to realize is that, you know. God, he is, he knows, only he knows the day and the hour. But he's the kind of God where you be feeling like, you know, you've got enough time. One second you're here and one second you're not. You want to do that now. You, you want to do that now. But not just because, you know, your life can be gone at any second. Not just because tomorrow's not promised. Not because the next second is not promised. But because... God is great. God is awesome. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He's worth it. Genuinely. But by all means, make that decision for yourself. That's what it's about. I mean, if God wanted to make the decision for you, would you even be doing what you're doing? We have to appreciate free will for what it is. Which means come to that that on your own. Come to that conclusion on your own. Don't let somebody choose for you. If you really don't feel like you want to do that, then, you know, you know, that's you. I can't say do what you feel like doing because that, you know, what we feel like doing is not always what we should be doing. So, that being said, you know, it might benefit, you know, even if you did what you didn't feel like doing. Because a lot of times with God, you do have to sometimes do things you don't want to do until you feel like doing them. An example for me would be, you know, prayer time every single day. For a while, I didn't want to read the Bible because it felt like no matter how much I read it, I couldn't understand it. I didn't want to pray on my knees because it felt like it was no point. You know, and a lot of times I didn't pray before I ate because I felt like there was some point in that too. So it's funny because this witch actually talked about this in the vision too. She said people who don't pray before their food or over their food when they eat. It makes it hard for them to pray, and hard for them to focus when they read the Bible. It makes them hard to read the Bible. I even know every little thing means something. So you know, even the things that you feel like there's no point in, there's a point. And I'm seeing all that now, where I all I want to do is read the Bible, and you know, soak up the Word of God, and I have to fight daily. Daily, I have to fight. I have to fight to remember the prayer over my food because Satan knows that you get used to that. And he starts, you know, f- fighting your memory and fighting you with everything that you do so that you can't even remember the prayer of your food. So that moving forward, you can get to a place where you're able to read your Bible and pray in peace. He don't want you to come out of that. And when you're coming out of that, he fights you with everything he has. I've never seen... Things to this extent before in my life, but I'm sure that something big and something great has got to come out of it.